1: Time to welcome everybody into the inaugural Goodman and Hummel podcast. We did go with Goodman and Hummel, Rob. I'm sorry uh, on the brand.
2: This is this is trash.
1: Well, listen until until you you know start to lower your demands money wise. It's going to be Goodman yeah. and Hummel. All right. What
2: it was, I didn't follow him on Twitter until like three nights ago, and he's mad at me. I think that was yeah, why.
1: Dasher said that. All right, so we're we're on the brand new. Field of 68 Media Network. This is the first podcast of many uh, that are coming. National pods. Uh, we've got team-specific pods. We've got Eric Dievendorf coming up uh, with an interview with, not even an interview, their conversations with Jim Beheim. We've got Dan Dickow doing the Gonzaga one, uh, talking to Adam Morrison, some great stories. So make sure you check them all out on the Field of 68 uh, Media Network. But uh, for now, I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Rob Hummel. Or Robbie Hummel, I, I always, you know, I, I, I don't know what to go with. Is it's it still Robbie?
2: You want it's honestly the crazy thing was like my parents call me Robbie, yeah. but it breaks down to where like a lot of my friends call me Rob, but people that I don't know like well are more Robbie. It's it's whatever. I don't care. Not,
1: Matt Painter goes Rob. I think. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah, is he always? Did he never call you
2: Robbie? He's rarely, really? like maybe when he's talking about me, he said Robbie Hummel. Um. I other names not at Purdue, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: we'll talk about those on a future pod.
2: <laughs> we we may, we'll we'll save those though. He uh he's he's always uh he's always good for a laugh, Coach Payne.
1: Anyway, the Goodman and Humble Podcast, we'll have it every single week. We'll bring you the latest info in college hoops. Uh, we'll have some hot takes, uh, we'll have insight, we'll bring on guests occasionally. Uh, we'll also just have the two of us, Rob, as is the case this week. And we'll talk about whatever's going on in college hoops. And there is a ton to yeah. talk about today, which is crazy. We're five weeks in from the start, the hopeful start of college basketball season on November 25th. Uh, but some news broke Thursday. And it involved Arizona and it involved Sean Miller, uh, my alma mater. Uh, I'll be uh, forthcoming here. My alma mater that uh, has yeah, been in the but- news plenty. I know. Well, you, well, Listen, it's not like Purdue. We're not squeaky clean. All right. Not many can be. That's right. That's right. All those Indiana – well, not all the Indiana schools, but most of the Indiana schools are at least squeaky clean.
2: Uh, I want to ask you this. Are you surprised it's taken this long for Arizona with the NCAA? I mean, we were like, like
1: almost three years removed. You know where I was? When this whole thing broke, it's so crazy. So my wife and I went uh, – we, we went three – like two months ago, we went to Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah. And it, the last time I had been in Newport, Rhode Island was – September 26th, 2017, I was there for Celtics training camp. Mm-hmm. I woke up that morning, was ready to go do a sports center hit about Kyrie Irving and how he landed in Boston. Think about that. That's when this whole thing broke, when Man, Kyrie Irving. Dope.
2: He's played there. He's left. He's, yes. I mean, like, that, that's Long like a lifetime ago with COVID. And, I mean, that's, it's amazing to me how slow these investigations go especially when you have the FBI. I know the FBI hasn't necessarily been super helpful to the NCAA, but like, it's amazing to me that it could take three years to finally be like, all right, here you go, Arizona respond to these allegations. Like, and they're not done fixed. It it really like, I get, you want to be thorough. I get you, but like that, this is out of control. Part of the
1: problem was the FBI basically, I think told them, or maybe didn't tell them, but, they wanted to wait till the, the, all the federal investigation was done so they could get all the information. They wanted somebody else to make life easier for them. Same sure. thing with, with, with journalists, whatever they want, they don't have the people to do the investigations that are qualified. I've said it for years. They need to hire 10 former FBI agents and pay them all 250 grand apiece. And then maybe they'll, sc- they'll scare some, some coaches until yeah. then. Nobody's scared. Even after all
2: this shit still no, nobody's I really think, scared I think you could probably argue that right now it's back to what it was maybe worse in, in some cases you know that, that's a very it's incredible because right away people were scared shitless yes. you, you could tell there people were terrified and as we've gotten farther away we've kind of like crept back into it's it's the same old story now
1: so all right to, to recap it Uh, Athletic broke it, Seth Seth Davis broke it, five level one violations uh, for Arizona, which is um, the most significant uh, violation you can get. Uh, They are allegations. Uh, One of them was a lack of institutional control by the school. One of them was a lack of uh, coaches control by Sean Miller. Now, no surprise, okay? What happened here was Book Richardson, their assistant, ended up going to jail for three months for uh, taking $20,000 in bribes, and also allegedly uh, paying $40,000 to a high school coach to get Raleigh Alkins uh, academically eligible. We don't know if that's confirmed or not. But anyway, uh, Sean Miller's fingerprints never really been on this other than an ESPN report when I was there, which was inaccurate, in my opinion. I, I felt like it was inaccurate um, in which there was a conversation about DeAndre Ayton getting $100,000, uh, involving Sean Miller and Christian Dawkins. We never really right. heard that conversation. We heard other conversations with Sean Miller uh, on the Christian Dawkins documentary, or whatever done. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but now the big question becomes what happens? Oklahoma State got a one-year uh, postseason ban for something similar, probably at a little bit lesser level in terms of the the assistant coaches uh, and what he did. Um, Lamont Evans but ultimately something similar the difference being Sean Miller here obviously a much bigger name and Mike Boynton what wasn't really the heck he had just he the become the head coach
2: yeah right he wasn't there he had nothing right. to do with it so, so you have to think going forward like you can't fire or you can't Sean Miller can't be fired today right because right now it's just allegations of what he did but I would not be surprised if six months down the road when when this investigation is done and and I think you need to go into there's no appeals process because of the way this is gonna go down, and you can explain that. But in six months we very well well we, we very well may look at this and say, Sean Miller needs to be fired. You know, that's that's a very good possibility. But but we'll see. This is this is just the first step. This is yeah, the allegation that, and that's and now important you got to prove it. Now, now the NCAA has to prove it, which has, is going to be easier said than done, I'm sure.
1: I'm not sure they have to prove it, Rob. That, and that's the thing with the NCAA. The they way really Arizona has
2: dug in, the way your people have dug in. <laughs> yeah. The way I, I, school I, has been like, they, they, just they feel
1: like they don't have to prove anything.
2: And, and I talked to
1: the head of this new independent accountability re- resolution process, IARP. Okay. I talked to her a few months ago and, and I asked her one pointed question. I said, okay, because they're trying to make it look like, Uh, This is completely independent. Now, I've been told they're still being trained by the NCAA. And I said, okay, if this is the case, does this mean you're innocent until proven guilty as in a court, right, as in a court of law? And she responded with, no, they still look at it pertaining to the NCAA rules. So why is it going to be any different? The only difference, Rob, is that they can't appeal. There's no appeal to this process if you right. go this route and Arizona is going to go this route. They've actually, uh, their lawyers have, have uh, put forward that they want to go this route, which honestly
2: well, is probably theory. the worst. Why would, go, why would you ever go this route if it's the NCAA people?
1: Because it's new.
2: Also, you take yourself out of the appeal process, which seems like it's been a way to actually kind of skate through some of this stuff.
1: Because the other, the other process sucks, too. So you're like, well, I might as well try, try yeah. the new process. And maybe it's better because nobody's gone through it yet. Remember it's Memphis, NC state, Kansas, LSU are all going to go this route before Arizona. So Arizona is going to kind of see how hard those schools get hit. But my take is if Oklahoma state got hit with a one-year postseason ban, Arizona's getting at least that all those schools are getting at least that for the most part. And the difference being in this one, they could get more, and also Sean Miller is going to get a suspension here. I mean, he's going to get, I always said, I, I felt like, I, I forget when it was, but um, Gary Parish, Matt Norlander, Borzello and I all on a text thread. I said, let's do it now. What do you think all these schools are going to get? We, I probably did this two years ago. And I think two years ago, my guess was Sean Miller would get like a 20 game suspension, but I didn't think they get a postseason ban. Now, I completely have changed my tune based on what happened at Oklahoma State. I think they're all going to get – they have to get a year postseason ban. Right. And then no, I, what do you do you with play? Sean Miller? What do you do if you're Arizona? Do you fire him? If you get a one-year postseason ban and he gets a 20-game suspension, Rob, do you make a move and do you, do you just fire him at that point?
2: I don't – I honestly, with the way that Arizona has defended Sean Miller, I don't think they would with that. I think they would let it ride be interesting. Boy. Like if I'm the AD, I think I probably I think you'd have to do it, but they have they've gone to bat for Coach Miller every step of the way. They have.
1: They have. Now, it's starting to hurt them recruiting wise finally. They got yeah. fortunate 2 years ago they picked up Nico Mannion and Josh Green and Zeke Nagy was a little bit less heralded, but they got lucky. This year, if you look at the roster, it's like 7 of the 13 players are international kids, all right. freshmen. So, I think it started to catch up with them. Uh, I think ultimately they either make the move with him, or here's one for you, Rob. Here's one to watch. He's boys with Stan Van Gundy, very, very close. Stan You're Van for just just go to the, go to the pros, beat it out of there. I mean, that's what he should do if he can get on Stan Van. bench. Uh,
2: Van, yeah. Van... Pete Carroll did it so right, right? Where it's like it's coming down to USC. I'm taking the Seahawks job. And, and nobody cares. And it's not like Sean Miller can't coach. I mean, he, he his teams at Xavier were awesome. His teams at Arizona before all this were were really good. I mean, he he can really coach. Yeah. So it's not like he won't be in demand. And he's also he's got the demeanor for that. There's well, not a lot he of does, coaching. but he
1: doesn't. He's a little no, I mean, he's a little high strong.
2: He is high strong, but just from I mean, he recruited me, and just yeah. from being around him yeah. a little bit. I really think that the NBA is – it's so different if you're an assistant, man. Like, right. Like, right. your life is awesome. <laughs> like, no blame falls on you. All the grunt work goes to, like, the video guys and, like, the guys. You basically just, like, present some information. I, I honestly believe, Jeff, that – and I think there are assistants that do a really good job in the NBA. But one of your main roles there is being just a sounding board for the players. And – under because you understand most of those guys – have played or coached at that level, they get what they're going through. You know, you, you have to kind of be that guy that can kind of help some of these dudes through this. It's not necessarily as much as you'd think. I feel like you have people below you who can do like my buddy is a video guy for the Lakers. <laughs> he gets driven. Now he yeah. doesn't, he, he's learning. I mean, he's trying to move his way up, yeah. but I, I really, and now it's, it's paying off. I mean, he's an NBA champ now, you know, but like I really think that he, he could flourish in that role. And eventually you get, you can get hired at the NBA, regardless of what, look at, look at who's, look at right. all the situations. Yes. Uh, we, we've got a ton of guys to get hired that have, that have had some issues in college.
1: Listen, I agree with you in a lot of ways. Like I think Sean Miller, you're right. He could, he could relax a little bit as an assistant coach. Uh, the pressure is not on you. So you don't have you to recruit, only do basketball. It's right. honestly,
2: yes. if you like the game and you love to coach, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, it's going to be something, as I said, that is still going to take months, even without the appeal. Uh, You're still talking about a timeline that probably concludes either right before the Final Four, uh, which Arizona is not going to be in the Final Four, or or probably they may not even be in the NCAA tournament this year, to be honest. They got a really good player coming in, a freshman from Lithuania, who's terrific. Uh, You know, I have my Lithuanian sources. uh, I mean, you're big there. For my trip, I'm huge 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 in in Lithuania. Lithuania. Yes, huge. Huge. I'll, I'll, at some point, we'll go through the whole story of how uh, the, the spa uh, that they put what us city up in. Were you in
2: man? What What's city
1: that? was it? What
2: city were you in in Lithuania? It was.
1: Um, oh man, uh, you're testing me right now. I can't even remember the name of That's it. Right that now.
2: much of an impression on you, though. Yeah, I'm to Lithuania. We, we went to a couple surprising. good cities. Yeah,
1: it was. We, tiny, we played a game.
2: My When I was in Russia, we played a Lithuanian team. It was in our Euro Cup group, and they had a bike track around the court, like a really? velodrome. Really? And I was like, man, I've hit rock bottom.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, this town
2: – Rob, What's this that? town
1: had one
2: restaurant, Tango
1: Pizza. That's yeah. it. Nothing. No, there was no. nothing there.
2: And then you wonder why some of these dudes that are, are from the States and play high-level college basketball go overseas, and they're like, I can't do this. I, I have to go to the G League or I have to, like, my kid, I have to retire. And I, I was lucky. Like, I played in pretty big cities. And you still nice hated to it. Guys, for guys that play high major college basketball, it is really difficult to transition to Europe. Yeah. Because you're used to the gear and shoes you get. Your Adidas, your Nike, your Under Armour. My first year in Spain, we were Mercury. Mercury is like a boated. <laughs> On my grandparents shitty boat up in Minnesota, like the 10 horse, that's mercury, right? Like, <laughs> or, or even like, you know, the treatment, the, the trainers, the team doctors, the facilities, my so, first year in Spain as well. I had yeah. to put the baskets up and take yep. them down wow. every day for practice because we shared the gym with an indoor soccer team. So me and William Buford.
1: No take way. Them down
2: and put them up every, every day. It was, it's just different. You know, you're not, I think guys to play. At the mid-major level and the low-major, they're not used to that stuff. That's, you know, they're used to stuff like that.
1: All right, we'll move on. Topic number two, none other than Greg Marshall in Wichita. It has been October 9th, Rob, was the night that The Athletic uh, and I broke the story about all the allegations involving Greg Marshall. uh, That he punched Shaq Morris in October, Midnight Madness, that day of October of 2015 that he choked an assistant coach, Kyle Linstead, the next year, that he made uh, racist statements. Uh, Native American kid um, on the team, Poor Bear uh, Chandler, uh, told him to get back on his horse and made Indian howling noises. Body shamed a kid that I'm not going to say his name and I kept it quiet, uh, but his dad told me he was in his basement for the last three years. Um, So emotionally distraught from everything he had gone through playing for Greg Marshall. Uh, Shaq Morris and Ty Taylor both told me on the record uh, about the, the punch. Uh, the investigation started more than two months ago. Uh, Toothkini was the, the firm they hired, but the problem was Rob, that th- none of the kids, none of the players from that year, 2015, 16, would talk to them. I was talking to all these players, and they were saying, listen, we don't trust the law firm. We don't know whether they're they're pro-marshall. We just didn't get a good feel. So nobody really talked to the investigator until in the last maybe week or so. So that's why this investigation has dragged out. Now, my sources tell me last week, Monday, Tuesday, multiple players finally spoke to the investigators. Right. So and, – and multiple ones – uh, recounted the incident with Shaq Morris, yeah. so I think something is coming down here soon. Uh, it's got to be. I mean, again, we're two and a half weeks in at this point. The investigators have all the information now on the record, um, but it's going to be interesting to see what. What happened? Listen, he was never suspended. He's still coaching the team.
2: Still coaching the team, which is so insane. Uh, it's so insane. He, yep. he should be fired. And honestly, to me. Just from reading the stuff that the Wichita State kids have said. yeah, I, I know a guy. His name is Sheldon Bailey. He played at, yeah. uh, at Winthrop. Good yep. guy. Like now he's, he's an actor on Hollywood. Really good dude. I, I've done some. How do you know him? Because we filmed something for NBC last November for the Olympics yeah. for three on three. And he was one of the guys that played when we were demonstrating the rules with really? uh, a guy named Rutledge Wood, who's like a okay. NASCAR guy who does some Olympic stuff. So. He's like, like he's he's LeBron's body double in like Space Jam Two, and he really? has been like ten years. Like he's he's really done. A, he's he's had a really good career in terms of going to Hollywood. But like, I read the Athletic article about he was in it and some of the other Winthrop Kids. To me, I think Greg Marshall should be banned for life from coaching, like yeah. in the NCAA. Yeah. He should never coach again, and, and it's because. When you have these kids that come to your school, you have a responsibility. Like, they're, in a way, these kids are – they can make you so much money. Like, you look at – he's paid $3 million a year. And yeah. it's because his teams have won. Now, he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But his players have had to go out and play. Greg Marshall's not making three-point shots from the bench. Like, let's be real about that. The players have got to do it. But it's, it's one of those deals where, like, you have a responsibility – to all those kids to give them not only a a positive experience, whether you win or lose, but to help set them up for life. So when you tell me that there's a kid that for three years has been sitting in his basement emotionally distraught because he was body shamed by his coach. I'm not, I'm never going to be somebody that says you should like your head coach all the time. Right. There are plenty of times where I left practice. I was like, man, coach painter was kind of an asshole today, (laughs) but I didn't go to Purdue For him to be my friend. Is he my friend today? Yes. Am I glad he's my friend today? Yes. But I wanted him to hold me accountable. I wanted him to make sure that I go from a teenager to an adult. And I want him to make me a better player. So I wanted him to coach me hard. And he did. He coached all of us hard. But there's going to be times. I I remember hearing a story. I'm pretty sure it was about Gordon Hayward. I heard this through, like, the grapevine Mark team represented, he represents Gordon and he represented me. And I want to say David Lee took Gordon out to dinner one night when Gordon was like a rookie and David Lee's talking to him. He's the priority guy as well. And after dinner, Mark hit up David Lee and was like, you know, what'd you think? And <laughs> David Lee goes, man, Mark, that kid is screwed up. He likes his college coach. <laughs> he likes Brad Stevens. <laughs> Brad is not – I mean, Brad is like the nicest dude of all time. But that's – like, it's not unusual for guys to be like, man, my college coach, he could be a jerk. But this is so beyond that. Yeah. Like, this is so far beyond what should be acceptable. That to me, he should be fired, and he should never coach Division One college basketball ever again.
1: Rob, I talked to like 37 former current players, coaches, and like three – defended greg marshall now again most off the record and i tell everybody everybody said well nobody went on the record yeah because the guys who played there for four years come back and they're revered right and they make money there they do camps they sign autographs and as long as greg marshall is the coach yeah they're scared i mean this guy's got power right winning breeds uh, power which breeds fear and a lot of these players yeah they're not putting their names fred van vliet's not going to come out Right now, and 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 go after Greg Marshall. Ron Baker's not going to do it. Neither is Landry Shaman. None of those guys have come out. Period. Which I think is telling, Rob. None of them have come out to back Greg Marshall.
2: Yeah, it's not just that they're saying he did do this. It's it's them saying he didn't do this. That's right. You know, that's what to me is the if somebody came after Matt Painter and said he was abusive as a coach, man, I would not be able to stand by that. I, I would. You go crazy, right? With all my teammates. We would all come out and say, no, he's not. There have I've been about him. six. At his maddest. I know what, what he is like when he is really pissed. And it's not it's not that. Like, it's definitely not that, you know? Yeah, you've had about
1: a half dozen that predate the Shaq Morris team in 2015-16 that have come out. Tere Murray, who played in the league. Joe Raglin, uh, Ramon Clemente. There have been a few. But, but again, it's a small, small percentage and not one since 2015, 16 has come out um, to, to, to back him. Now, who has backed him, Rob? Tom Devlin. Tom Devlin is their second biggest booster. Charles Koch, their biggest booster. Tom Devlin used to own Renna Center. He came out and wrote an, uh, basically an editorial uh, letter to the editor where he basically said, um, I stand in support of Greg Marshall and, and then a guy, Bob Geist, I think that I'm pronouncing it right from, uh, Pizza Hut. Uh, he also came out and they wrote something, him and another guy. And, and again, they're buddies with Marshall. I get yeah, it. Right. They're buddies with him, but how can you
2: condone to me? You cannot. It's not 1985. Right. It's not Bobby Knight at Indiana. That's over with. You can't like, condone
1: that shit. Like to no. me, again, the the guys that I have people are like, well, you've got it, you've you've got it out on Greg Marshall, you've had it out against him, and I'm like, no, no, you got to understand, Greg Marshall's never done one thing to me, Billy Gillespie never did did one thing to me, but you know what? When you hear of these
2: things going on, yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna go after him yeah. because no, you, got, you got to stand up for these kids, like because right? if you're not going to, and other people aren't in the media aren't going to put it out there, he's gonna keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and again, I've called like four Wichita State games. I have, he's been nothing but nice to me yeah. when I've been there. Sure. But if this is happening, he's got to go.
1: Colorful days of fall are now upon us. Are your small business's needs evolving? Despite the current uncertainty, having the right people in your team is like feeling the warmth of being wrapped up in a blanket. So when your business is ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 706 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar at LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. Identify strong candidates with their efficient rating system to help quickly get your job in front of more qualified candidates. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. It, uh, you know, again, I, I think something will come out this week, but it wouldn't shock me. Listen, it's still money talks. And Tom Devlin, think about this too. Greg Marshall's got a seven-year rolling contract at $3.5 million. And if the lawyer, the general counsel from Wichita State says, after looking at all the investigation, the, the, the information from the interviews, if they say, hey, listen, if we fire him, I don't, I don't know. We might have to pay him. What do they do? Or we might have to settle and pay him $15 million.
2: Yeah. What do we do? Especially if those boosters are saying, I'm pulling I'm pulling my money. Pulling you're my fired. money. But now right. you're, in, you're, you're in a tough situation. But yeah. I would hope that school would do right by those kids. You would
1: hope so. But, man, I, I don't know which way it's going to go right now. I do not know. How could know you ever –
2: like, go. what player would go to Wichita State after this? Here's if the one the thing coach. I'll say about that, Rob. Here's the one thing.
1: People have said that to me. They're like, well, how is he going to be able to recruit? And my deal is, Ron Baker was a walk-on. He was a walk
2: on. There's no question that Greg Marshall gets the most out of these, yeah. like, and he's, is a good no. coach. Like, yep. uh, that's not right. up for debate. He does a good job. But but still, if you want to win at the level that Wichita State has been winning at,
1: no, you, you're 100% a right. Team
2: this year. You're not just going to lie. I mean, Ron Baker is a great example. Yeah, so but he's, the, he's the, the exception. Either he is not the norm of the walk-ons that you get. That's right. He's a player and he plays high level Euro league basketball. Like, so if he can, Hey, if he can keep doing that with walk-ons, then Greg Marshall might be the greatest coach in the history of the planet. So while I do appreciate that example, that might not be what he does with every walk-on that comes to Wichita State.
1: You know what you'll want to be at. If Greg Marshall keeps his job, uh, you will want to be at the Peach Jam next year in July. Uh, when I attend the PTM and see Greg Marshall, and I
2: sit next to him,
1: does well, Greg Marshall? It
2: might, be, it might look like uh, that clip from Canada when we totally you know, or the, the clip when he punched Jack Morris. You better, you better bring your bodyguards. What you better do? <laughs> I'm bringing <it> you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to see <laughs> me South Carolina. I want to ask: Has anybody said what happened to the practice footage from the show? I mean, I'm sure it's been out of here,
1: but a, a player had said to me one of the players i talked to said that the that he told them to destroy the tape i can't confirm that i don't know that for certain how about this one rob there were boosters in there there were a couple of boosters in there i don't know who they were oh, cbs right. cbs was in there filming men of march no. so they were in there yes now they may have they may have turned off the footage by then because usually when those things happen i've been in enough of those They get what they can. They don't usually stay till the very end of practice. A lot, you know, a lot of times they'll stay for
2: now. They're shooting. There's not like they're doing like the most basic. Right. Yeah. How about that? Wow, that is that is so crazy. Crazy. I'm surprised though. I I I love to think about myself in that situation as a player. Your teammate gets punched by your coach, like, and then he gives some half ass apology. How – I don't understand, like, how, how these kids – and I, I get it. Like, you're – he's in a position of power. He's – you're 18 to 22. That's so what Shaq told me.
1: Shaq's like, well, what am I going to do? Punch a –
2: No, a no, I'm not coach. saying punch back. I'm what? just saying, like, go to the AD. But maybe they're like, hey, the AD and him are tied. Like, it's they not going to matter. I, I think they probably were at that point. Maybe they still yeah, are. Probably. I don't know. Right. I, I just think it's – it's so crazy that all it took was, uh, all right, guys, about what happened yesterday, uh, we moved past it. And then everybody just is like, okay, like,
1: Right. That's wild. Wow. So Greg Marshall's still employed. Pat Chambers is not. Pat Chambers, uh, the official word is resigned, Rob. Uh, yeah. He didn't resign. He was obviously fired, forced out after an internal investigation that started back in July when Rasir Bolton, who's now at Iowa State, uh, said they had a conversation, and within that conversation, Chambers said, "I want to loosen the noose uh, around your neck," yeah. and obviously that is not something you say. I, I don't, no. I don't know the last time I've heard the word noose come out of anybody's mouth, and right. that spurred uh, an internal investigation that's been going on since. And the timing was a little bit strange in this one, uh, but Athletic Director Sandy Barber uh, told reporters that. NCAA matters were not a part of this, uh, but she did admit that more allegations came out through the investigation. Now, according to my sources, part of it was just a lot of people didn't like Pat Chambers,
2: period. At the school, coaches, coaches,
1: both coaches, administrators, uh, players. And when you do these investigations, right, if you do them right, now you're talking to 30 or 40 people. And yeah. if you get a pattern of verbal abuse or things of that nature, that's enough to cut ties, sever ties with them. The crazy part, Rob, is he had his best year by far of his tenure last year. They were locked to go to the NCAA tournament. They were a great story. They could the
2: have, they start. have been a second weekend team. Yeah. But Lamar he, Stevens was a stud. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a good player. I, I think the surprising thing to me was that it seemed like that this was all like water under the bridge like right. he apologized he kind of got reprimanded by the university Year Bolton has moved on to Iowa State like clearly like you said you should never say that like that is but I always got the feeling from doing their games the guys in the team last year liked Pat Chambers I'm right. surprised now I can see where like coaches might be like man he has worn me out cuz he's intense yes he, he passionately- he's a little much he can be he, a little much. Yeah, he is He is bringing the energy at shoot around, at the game. I'm yeah. sure their practices are off the chain. Like, I, I can only imagine. But I will say that, like, from being around Pat, I kind of thought that, like, the players, like, while they thought he was tough, yep. Yep. I kind of thought they liked him. I always got the feeling that they they liked him. So I'm surprised. Kind of with said. you. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I've never been, like, at one of their shootarounds, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of—I was sad to see Pat go because he's one of the guys that's left over in the Big Ten from when I played. Yeah. So I always enjoyed talking to him, and I get it. If there's more allegations of this, then yeah, like Penn State's got to do what they have to do. But I was—I was surprised with timing, like you said, and I just was surprised. Be, I'm surprised to hear you say that because I, I would not have thought, at least from the player standpoint, that they would have said. You know that we don't like him, or or that there was more. But maybe you know we're not there. Rob, so you wonder until that comes out. Who knows what was what, what those allegations are? You wonder how much
1: the past issues at Penn State contributed to this, with like Jerry Sandusky
2: and all that. I you mean, wonder if if sure, just like you would think that their their school as a whole right has right. a short leash on anything. Because exactly, what was exactly. That,
1: right. That's
2: a really good point. But but at the same time. Compare that to Wichita State, where oh, cool. it's like winning is good enough. Penn I State's mean, finally winning; yeah. they're finally getting to the NCAA tournament. They're they win the NIT three years ago. Like they've had some they've had some pretty good success considering their history, and they've had good players. Um, they were talking contract lose. with him, Rob. They were talking. He, he made one point
1: one million, which was by far the lowest in yeah, the, Big 10. the lowest
2: paid coach. All I right. would say that Penn State to me. His job. Committed the the least to basketball right. in the conference, Yep. and when you're committing the least in a league with Michigan State and Indiana and Illinois and all these schools that are really really good, Ohio yep. State, like, good luck. He he had done a good job at building the program. He, he'd gotten guys out of filling, you know, like I. Well, he
1: got a he got a longer leash too, Rob. Let's face it, most no, he did. He, he made he it died. through some,
2: it's like playing blackjack with like 40 bucks versus a thousand. Right. Like right. You, can, exactly. you can withstand the, the lulls yeah. when you have a thousand dollars. So he did, he, he had, he had some bad Penn state teams. Now yeah. I will say this, my aunt and uncle live in state college. Really? I don't, I shouldn't say, I, I don't know how much they give my, my uncle's a professor there. I don't know if they give my university, but they have courtside seats like 10 rows off the floor at any other big 10 school. That's reserved for somebody who's given like six figures.
1: They're not giving six figures.
2: Like, like they're, it's somebody that's, that's given big time cash. Yeah. They don't, I'm just going to guess that they're not giving six figures. Uh, maybe they are, but listen, (laughs) I'm guessing they're not. Like, that's, do you
1: even think right now, Rob, do you even think right now they know Pat Chambers was fired after losing Indiana?
2: Yeah. Because my, my aunt and uncle are pretty clued in and like my aunt's into the, the basketball program. So I'm guessing yes. But man, when, when I was playing, Penn State was hard to play at because there was like fifteen people there, and we always played them over like Christmas break or uh, like President's weekend, like where the where there'd be even less students. So you're in this arena that's really nice, seats like sixteen thousand, and like you can hear the eight kids behind the TV people screaming the whole time because that's all you can hear in the arena. I mean i've I have played there in some abysmal atmospheres. Next week we'll go through. Uh... Maybe, maybe we'll do a little
1: homework next week will be come up with your top three candidates that you would hire to replace Pat Chambers at Penn State. All right. That's your homework for next right. week. I think that's, that's fair. Okay. I've already got one,
2: but that's fine. I'm Hold it off ready. till next week. I will try.
1: All right. So the big thing, right, we got College tubes starting up November 25th. I'm trying to debate whether I'm going to go to Orlando. Maybe I'm going to go to Mohegan Sun, play some Blackjack, also catch some games. Probably go. not the smartest thing to do to catch COVID, but you know <laughs> who knows. I'll You're have be my mouth a at the Mohegan Sun, and I'm not gonna let you in. It's funny. So both have said they're gonna let selected media in. Now I don't know if I'll be allowed to go in, like downstairs, or you, you'll be upstairs, and you can only zoom interviews right. afterwards. And if that's the case, I don't think I'll go. Anyway, yeah. my point in all this is, it took a long time to get these uh, so-called bubbles, and they're not bubbles, first of all. They are not bubbles by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, But it took a long time for ESPN and Mohegan Sun to get a core group of teams that is sticking with going to those events, okay? And now, Rob, they're in danger of falling apart. And the biggest issue right now, I'll try to explain it simply, the biggest issue is that teams – majority of them are, are in the PAC t- are in the SEC and Big 12, Big 12 and SEC teams. Uh, if they had a player test positive in the past, those players do not have to test again all season, okay? So five months, six months, whatever it, it needs to be, while your Big 10, ACC, other leagues, including the Mohegan Sun event and Orlando – will go by the CDC guidelines, which are if you test positive, you have to test again after 90 days. Right. So these schools, like a Baylor, like a Texas Tech, who are coming to Mohegan Sun in Orlando are scared to go because they've had positive tests in the past. And they're afraid if they come to Mohegan Sun and somebody tests positive again, they're shut down for 14 days can't play again right that's the issue right now what no, happened
2: here's, here's two things that i think about that Got first you. of all i know that there are like there are conferences that have a lot of money there's conferences that have some money there's conferences that don't have a lot of money but to me the ncaa needed to step in on this and be like this is the deal yep. this is what we are doing why is it so hard why can't we do that like why can the ncaa just not be like listen I get that, like, that we have very a very wide array yeah. of, of conferences in terms of money. But this is what it is. Like, if you want to play, this is what you have to do. And then we wouldn't even have to talk about this. Yeah. Like, so that's my first point. My second point would be, isn't it on these schools? This is a public health crisis. Like, we don't know. If you can re catch the virus because it's only been around for like seven months, right? Yeah. Or maybe a little longer than that now. But to me, wouldn't you be doing your players a disservice if you're not retail? Just because maybe they'll get it, maybe they'll get really sick. Yep. Like yep. I kind of have an issue with that as well. No, because quite. you are really putting your players out there and saying, we really don't care. Yep. We just want to play and win, and that's all that matters. And I get that that's kind of what this is and what this has been for a long time. But to me, as a former player, that is highly disappointing that they would not, that the the coaches and athletic directors and the NCAA would not just be like, look, we don't know if you can recatch it because this is a brand new thing. So you have to retest them after 90 days, even if they've had it. And then we wouldn't even have to talk about this. And that's
1: part of the problem, right? Some people believe – kids it doesn't matter right like they're they're going to be fine so why are we worried about this let's let's play ball like I talk to coaches all the time it's funny so I I started doing you're going to get you're going to love this I started yesterday for the hell of it texting coaches 25 guys that I knew well not going to say who um on the record poll this is what I texted them. on the record poll who are you voting for Trump or Biden I wanted to see what the responses would be for <laughs> the well, hell of it. So uh, of the 25, you guess, take a guess, how many even gave me a vote of the 25? Like, like five, or I'll just say it, five didn't even get back to me. So 20 of them got back to me with a response. Of those 20, how many do you think actually said on the record, yes, this is who I'm voting for? Like two? Five. Yeah, that's not surprising. All five were Biden. Oh really? <laughs> all five all yeah. I mean Do you think I would get do you think I would get one one coach to actually admit they're voting for Trump on the record? No. Not one. I, I'm
2: not surprised to hear that.
1: Out of three hundred if I if I pulled three hundred and fifty seven,
2: do you think I'd get one? No, because I think that with his policies yeah. I think that the kids you're recruiting, how do you look them in the eye and be like, this is what I'm doing? Be tough.
1: But it's funny. So so a lot of the, the coaches have told me, I can't even say Biden. Like I have one coach tell me, I retweeted something. Stan Van Gundy tweeted. I don't
2: know if you follow Stan Van on on Twitter. Um, I see it every once in a while because so I follow like the NBA. He crushes NBA. Trump. Crushes yeah, yeah. him. yeah. That.
1: So I have one coach of, of a Power Five conference say he retweeted something of, of Stan Van Gundy that was anti-Trump, and the next day he had a, a big donor call him up blasting
2: well, that, him. Well, that's probably the problem, Like because if you do that, you've got guys with a lot of money who are Trump guys that's right. that are going to be mad, yep. and if you do the other way, you've got players who are coming from maybe not always the best <laughs> backgrounds, and they're going to be like, well, why would I go play for this dude? Like he doesn't get what I'm going Trump through,
1: so, so I guess uh, getting back to well, my well, original. It,
2: you would be, you would be, it, it would be a tough position either way, right? If you're a coach,
1: so most they're just sticking out of it. But when I talk to them, it's interesting the difference of a lot of people. Some will say off the record that they're voting for Trump, and you could tell a lot of times who they are because a lot of them again are like, "Listen, I just want to, I want to play basketball. I just want to have basketball, and I think Trump gives us the best chance." to have a season and, and my take as you said earlier is aren't we in it for the student welfare at the yeah, end man. of the day how are you going to feel if somebody luckily we haven't had anything in college football we, we've been really fortunate maybe we haven't been one. fortunate all it takes is one dude like, maybe this, you and I are over you know maybe we're, we're we're being overbearing here and 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 worrying too much I don't know but I I honestly did think By this point, with as many college football games as as have been played, I thought we'd be looking at something major that would happen. So thank God we haven't. And and maybe, again, maybe kids – But wouldn't you rather
2: exercise on the the precipice of caution? Because if a kid dies, he's not coming back. That's it. Yep. And you're going to feel
1: pretty goddamn shitty if you put him out there when – he had already tested positive, and or he. When in you're your in years, as a
2: high school senior, and you're saying to his parents, "I'm going to take care of him and send him into adulthood with a degree yep. and with the the building blocks to be successful," and now he's he's gone. No question. No question.
1: All right, we got NFL football, college football. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online NFL Futures. Kansas City Chiefs still the favorite plus 375 Ravens plus 600 Seahawks plus 700 Tampa Bay plus a thousand the Packers plus 1200 and the Patriots falling quickly plus 4000 bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's move on to a happier topic. We'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk to. We, we we've talked negative. L- l- listen, we've got through Sean Miller. We've
2: no, got these topics here in episode one. It's all Arizona. It's all the worst thing. This is like this is like rookie transition program this is where terrible. they bring in the worst speaker, not not bad speakers, but the most depressing speakers. Yeah, that's us. Like that's us right like now. All right. Walker, I, I, and he tells you how he lost a hundred million dollars, and Chris Heron how he yes. played while well, high on drugs in the NBA, and Jason Williams who killed his limo driver. That's that's the type of speak. This is what this podcast Man. is about tonight. Awful. All
1: right. I gave you some homework. I gave you, uh, we were going to do a little like mock draft with the, with the NBA draft, November 18th, uh, rapidly, finally, rapidly approaching. It's been a long time here. Uh, I gave you the homework of uh, who would we take for the top five picks in the draft? If you are that team, that general manager, who yep. are you taking? So let's start with number one, your old
2: team, the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock. I've come around, and I'm Full circle. I'm GM now. I, I'm on the clock. I I really struggled with this because I you don't should. Really you anybody. should struggle
1: with it if you listen. If you don't struggle, something's wrong.
2: No, I know. I, I ended up going Anthony Edwards because oh, Jesus. I, no, I. Who would you really? take? You got D'Angelo Russell already there. So you're going to take Lamelo Ball and yes. stick them together? Yes. Why? Yes. Well, because
1: I, I think the Russell Russell's more scorer than facilitator. LaMelo yeah, I is more facilitator.
2: I, I, I'm I am not sold on LaMelo ball. I'm not and either. Part of, it, part of it's his dad, and it's like literally like seared into my brain that he is gonna screw him up. I don't I, I just and he's look, already screwed him up. It. He's What's already that? screwed him up. But how no, could he not? Like you've witnessed, but I, I want Anthony Edwards because you're building around Carl Anthony Towns. You're building around D'Angelo Russell. Yes, he's more of a scorer than point, but I'm like, at least you have a wing now. Yo, he came through here in Atlanta yep. and he tested at P3 where I'm working out. Oh.
0: I'm he sure is he's so up
2: talented. Now there might be some other stuff, and I, I've heard it as much as you have. But yep. at the end of the day, he has the highest ceiling because that dude walked in and he looked like a freaking middle linebacker at the University of Georgia. No question. That dude is, is. put together. He is. And when I was walking out yeah. from doing my workout, he was touching like twelve eight on the vert deal. Like, that dude, He's a freak. he is a freak. He physically. is. So because yeah. of their personnel, I know you love the ball family, but I, I want Anthony Edwards.
1: I'm going LaMelo. I'm going LaMelo. Oh Your and brain Which is crazy, because I said totally it was insane crazy. two years ago. I was like, there's no way this guy goes number one. But, honestly, I think he's got a good shot. All right, number two, Golden State. They've also got a $17 million trade exception, Rob. So, they're going to try to get an established player if they can. Yeah,
2: I could could totally see them, like, drafting somebody and and dealing. But if we're not, like, taking that into account, I was was between Denny Abdiha from Israel, from Maccabi, and James Wiseman. Because I think Wiseman gives them something that they've never had. And – I just, man, I saw him play. I was there for the game where he was, like, playing, then not playing, then at court, and then he showed up. And, like, it was total chaos. It was awesome. But I ended up going Wiseman here just because I'm like, dude, he can protect the rim. You put him in pick and roll with Steph and Clay and Follow those dudes, Oh, my God. Dude, he's David Robinson body-wise. No question. He probably won't be, like, skill-wise what he was. So I think he's he's more of like an Andre Drummond, like from a skill set perspective right now. But man, think about that dude rolling to the rim when you've got Steph coming off. Like that that is that's terrifying. So if they're gonna keep the pick, yeah. I, I ended up going with Wiseman because of that.
1: Me too, for, for all the reasons you said. And then he gives him a big time rim protector.
2: Yeah. And again, run the court. Yeah, they and never finish. really had that. Like the thing about their centers, like Kayvon Looney and Festus Ezeli, like yeah, even they're, you know, they're, they're fine. McGee, they're good players, I guess you're talking about a dude that can erase shots.
1: Yep, good kid so, too. I, like yeah. I think Draymond would be good because Draymond will probably get up in his ass a little bit and get him a little right. bit tougher. So yeah. I, yeah, I like that. All right, Charlotte, uh, they got the
2: number three pick. They need everything, other than a point yeah, guard. Everything. Uh, this is where I went, LaMelo, your boy. Okay. So, See, I, th- that's baffling to me. You've got Devontae Graham. You've got Terry Rozier. I mean, they they need a lot of parts. Like, you've still got, like, you know, Miles Bridges is there. P.J. Washington's there. But I just think you talk about his vision and his passing. He, he is elite at that. But this this dude shoots it across his face, Jeff. He awful. shoots it from left to right. His hand's on the side of the ball. Like, awesome. you've got some mechanical issues there from his jump shot. That it's not one of those deals where he's not making shots, but it looks good. It looks bad and it's not going in. Like, think about his percentage. Worse, worse than
1: Lonzo. It's worse than Lonzo.
2: 25 from three. Like that's awful. That's not think about this. He's gonna come off pick and roll, and they're gonna go under and under Every and time under. Time. They're gonna go under at the free throw line. Like, that's what they're gonna do. These NBA dudes, they're not dumb. Like they're just gonna let him shoot. So I if he can if he can get that. Then, then, he's going to have a chance, but he's got a lot of work to put in on that jumper. I, I agree. I agree. Listen, I tell
1: everybody: if I have the number one pick, and I said it beforehand, I don't want it. I, I want no part
2: of the number yeah, one yeah. pick. This is a terrible year to have the number one terrible pick. Terrible year. Minnesota.
1: Right, I of go Obi Toppen.
2: It's torching him. I'm
1: going Obi Toppin at three. I, I really? think he's. Yeah, I just think honestly, I think people are sleeping on him a little bit. He's he a great a really, athlete.
2: Yeah. He, I think he's the most pro-ready guy. Totally. But I think so, that they don't draft on pro-ready. You I draft on the fact of, can this dude end up being a, a star for us? You but know? it's
1: the dumbest thing ever when people are like, well, he's he's 22. But you're, you're only going to have him for two contracts at most yeah,
2: no, these it, days. He'll be, what, 28 by the time done? Right. You're
1: going to get him in his prime. like. No. He, he's a great well,
2: athlete. I've been through this. I was a 23 year old draftee, <laughs> he, and everybody we're 26. was 26. He played for nine years in college. He, he, you know, It's, it's tough. You get, you get labeled into that. And obviously, Obi Toppin is a lot more athletic and a lot more healthy than I ever was. But it's, it's tough to overcome that as a senior. I, I just think, again, he's safer.
1: He's a safer pick uh, than Anthony Edwards. So I've still got Anthony Edwards uh, on my board right now. He yeah, gets to number four. So Chicago, Chicago at four.
2: I went with Denny Me too. Deha from Facabi. I think he is a good fit for them. Yep. You're kind of set at the point guard position with uh with Thomas Sadaransky and, and Kobe White. Zach Levine is your star. The front court's got some pieces with, with Markinen, who I think you hope yep. with Jim Boylan now gone, like goes back to not being terrible again. Um and then Wendell Carter. So I think when you look at their need, he fits perfectly. You know, a three that's kind of a point forward that can bring it up. He's down here working out, too. You know, he's he's a talented dude, man. He's all six nine. He's way taller he? than I am. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that he's played at the EuroLeague the level. Like, I think when you've done it there, people don't understand. That level of basketball is damn near the NBA. Really? Like, you don't have the athletes, probably, that the NBA does, but the skill level, it's there. Yeah. Like, those teams, like, you look at the Cheskas, the Real Madrids, the Maccabees of the world, like – He's been seeing that since he was 16 years old. Yeah. So I, I think you see why Luka Doncic, and he's a great talent. Like I'm not saying he's going to be Luka. But Luka, I think people slept on the fact that he was your league player of the year. That is yeah. that is an unbelievable achievement for anyone. If you're 30 and you're your league player of the year, you, you, right. you've done some, some good things basketball-wise. But I think Danny, because of, of what he brings to the table, he fits perfectly with the Bulls, so I, I went with him.
1: Me too. Me too. And I think he fits in Billy Donovan's offense too. Yeah. Uh, five. So. Cleveland. They need uh, almost everything. I mean, the one thing they probably have are are young we guards
2: with guards. Yeah, yeah with Sexton and Garland. Garland. Darius Garland. So I want I mean, Obi Toppin. I want Obi Toppin here. That's easy he for you. Yep. He's, he played at Dayton. Like yep. his skill set. I think it's going to be interesting to see because he can be so effective as a pick and pop guy, obviously, because the way he shoots it, but also rolling to the basket. No. And like short rolling, like no think doubt. about think about all the ways that he can get you in pick and roll. If you're gonna hedge it, he can pick and pop. If you're gonna switch it, he can easily like he can he can catch it, back somebody down, play out of the post. He can short roll and handle it and make decisions. Like there's a lot of good things about what Obi Topper can do. So I, I do agree with you, and I. I wouldn't hate it if Charlotte took him at three. I, I really – I don't think that would be, like, an egregious pick. You could play a small five-man, too. You could yeah, play man, small that, with him at the, the five. Right. It's amazing, even from when I was in the league. I, I, my last year was 2014-15. The league was a lot bigger then. Yeah. Like, you had guys like like a Jason Thompson playing the four, Amir yeah. Williams playing the four. Yeah. Try rebounding at the four when you're 6'8", 220, and you got Amir Williams at yeah. 6'11", 290, crash into the back. It's right. a grown man game. And now you've got like, you know, Draymond playing the five. And it's Obi Top. You know, the thing you're is a though, The thing is, we don't have any great low post scores in the league anymore. All the fives are, are like James Wiseman, Andre Drummond, like yep. they're DeAndre Jordan, rim protectors, dunkers. Yep. True. Who who would you say is the best guy in the league at throwing the ball on the block and being like, Go to work and get us a basket? <laughs> Boy. It's probably Joel Embiid, but he's trying he to face to. you up and drive you. Right. He doesn't want it there. He's not going to like Hakeem Elijah on post movie to death or Shaq just post up and put you in the rim. That doesn't exist. So, because kind of, of that, of until we get that again, the old answer would have been Zach Randolph. Zebo was a freaking yeah. monster on the yeah. block. Yeah. But now we don't have that. So Obi Topper can easily play the five. There's nobody. I mean, there's
1: honestly – you know who I thought would be that guy? Who hasn't turned into it is is Jaleel Okafor.
2: Yeah. He's a dinosaur. Right. Right. He is a dinosaur in that – you've got to have somebody that's really mobile, that can run up and down, guard, pick, and roll, but also get buckets on the block. And so far, we haven't seen that. So, obviously, you know who I took at number five, right, for Cleveland? Um, Who? Not Anthony Edwards. She's still on my board. I'm not going to this kid. He's sitting in the green room forever under yep. your draft. I'm taking Isaac
1: Acora. Really? They need, Hey, who needs defense more than Cleveland?
2: No, that's he's I a killer. You. He's going to be the best defender in the draft. So he, yep. We you talked about a body on Anthony Edwards, like Isaac Acora was.
1: And Akora's going to work. His shot's not going to be great, but I think he can be a three and D guy. Who's just a great defender who will turn into a shooter because he'll work his ass off. Um, yeah, I went between, honestly, Okoro and, and Onyeka Okongwu, to be honest.
2: But- I think he's, like, one of the dudes. Okongwu is some, one of the dudes that he's totally flying under the radar. People, even college basketball fans, I feel like, do not they they know. Don't know who he is. That's right.
1: He's at USC. He's stuck out there. They don't win much. You don't watch Pac-12 games. Nobody knows who he is. The crazy part, think about this, he and LaMelo were on the same team at Chino Hills High School, like, their freshman year. before. I Dennis Lattimore was the coach. You know who Dennis Lattimore is? I don't know. Dennis Lattimore started his career at Arizona. I think he transferred maybe to Notre Dame. He became the coach. Of course, LeVar right away didn't like the way the offense was going to be designed. He had never, I don't even think he played a game and he already was getting fights with Lattimore and he pulled, that's when he pulled them. Yeah, right. Think. Thank and God
2: my dad was normal. That's ridiculous. Thank God. Oh my God. Me, sorry. <laughs> Where you are you
1: right now? You're in. A, you're. You, you got a a very nice
2: uh, artwork behind you, over there. Is that? Yeah, did you draw yeah, that? I could have done that thing I could have. I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm, I'm working out down here for the uh, the three on three stuff for the Olympics. So I'm down here for two months. Um, it's a good spot. This P3 place is awesome. Like it's famous for the one in Santa Barbara. Yeah. By the NBA guys train out of there, but they built like an East Coast hub. So. There's a lot of players here. There's a lot of guys here working out. And
1: Why didn't you go to the, the California one, Rob? Like the weather, I mean, the weather's probably good in Atlanta now, though, right? It's fine. Yeah, I
2: mean, honestly, it's been 80 degrees every day. Really? Like it's, I've been shocked. Like I'm from Chicago or the, the Chicago area. I live in Chicago now. And I, I had no idea that into November, it's like 60 degrees down here. It's so much better. Nice. No, I it's hate nice. That. Trust problem, me, I'm in Boston, Chicago, know. Boston are the same thing. South. I know. I, I hate the snow at this point. So I'm, there may be a move in my future coming to Atlanta or Florida. I'm close
1: to, trust me. When my daughter gets to college in a year and a half, we Not got a big that. decision to make where we're going. We ain't staying here. I'll tell you that much. No, I'm, I hear you. All right. Well, we, we got the first Goodman and Hummel podcast in the books. Uh, again, make sure you subscribe. Uh, it's on the Field of 68 Network. Uh, You can follow both of us on Twitter. Rob, what's your Twitter handle? Robbie Helen. Easy. Just my name. Yeah. Uh, Mine's Goodman hoops. And uh, again, make sure you uh, pay attention to the field of 68. We're going to roll out a ton of good content uh, over the next uh, few weeks. Brand new pods coming to you. Eric Diemendorf again, Syracuse, Dan Dickow interviewing Adam Morrison. We've got, everything that you're going to want uh, coming here on the network. And, again, Rob and I will be back uh, next week, and hopefully it will be a little bit lighter version. Get some cheery news uh, out here in College Hoops. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it going. We need some games. We need some games. Yeah, we need some
2: games. Seriously. All right,
1: Rob, be safe down there, and uh, we'll talk next week. Cool. Sounds good. See you. Up. Later, man.